Welcome to the Vincennes First Church of God Sermon Podcast. My name is Will Huebner. I'm the lead pastor. And we're so thankful that you've decided to tune in and listen to us today. We hope that through this message and the Word of God, you will find not only that you are challenged, but that you are encouraged. Here at Vincent's First Church, we believe that it's our job to create kingdom culture. And we hope that you'll join us Sundays at 10 o'clock. We love you and enjoy. We're good. Okay, I will speak with this microphone now. I don't know what happened. Maybe Will will take it. We'll get in a second. Before we get started, um, Claire is my assistant here, and we're going to pass the microphone to each other because we have a fun game. So we're going to play a game. And so some of you people in the audience, we have asked you to come up, and some of you who are afraid to come on stage, I'm going to call it. Just kidding. I already have people that I have planned to come up. So if you are one of the people I've called, I need, I need Larry Donovan to come up. I need Marilyn Strait. I need Warren Shepard. I need Maggie Boger. Come on up. I have Aaliyah, and I have... Joe Carey. Joe Carey, come on up. All right, so I need you to stand along this stairway, this top stairway right here. Teenagers are going to come over here. Um, Awesome generation, you're going to come up over here. Um, And we're going to be playing a game. So this is... So yeah, go ahead and stand on this top line. And so this is boomers versus zoomers. You go ahead to this top stair, kind of down a ways right there. Go ahead, do it. Oh, you did it. Okay, so this is, wait, you guys are on the the top stair. Never mind, come back up. Okay, (laughs) what a beginning, goodness. Okay, so we're playing a game called Boomers versus Zoomers. And so what we're going to do is Claire's going to help me out, and we are going to ask questions to the generations about each other. So I'm going to ask the Boomers, or awesome generation, something about the Zoomers, and I'm going to ask the Zoomers something about the Boomers. So that's how we are going to get started. Um, So I think we have our questions. I think the first question is for the Boomers. So if you go ahead to the next slide. Okay, Boomers, what do you do on Twitch? (laughs) uh, You can't converse with each other. Marilyn, it's all you. I have no idea. G- give me your best guess. The only thing I know about Twitch is he was a dancer, but I know that's not what okay. Twitch, Twitch is a dancer. Let's see the answer here. Watch other people play video games. That is what you do on Twitch. Wow, you got a mic. Where'd you get that? Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's go to the next question for the Zoomers. Okay, okay Zoomers, which, which candidate for the U.S. president said, read my lips, for no new taxes. I have no clue. Barack Obama. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay. George H. W. Bush. Ooh, did you guys know that? Who knew here? You're. Oh yeah, I see you. Okay. All right. Next question, Boomers, who is PewDiePie? Joe, this is coming to you. Who is PewDiePie? I think I remember somebody told me that, and that is a failed apple pie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A failed apple pie. Let's see if he got it. No, he's a Swedish YouTuber with over 100 million subscribers. That was a great guess. Thank you. Okay, Zoomers, 
What company used use the term where's the beef as a commercial tagline? And we'll give it to Warren. Arby's. Okay. Oh. Okay, so they answered Arby's. <laughs> no, it was Wendy's. Okay, that was a good guess. Failed apple pie. Okay, boomers. Uh, I like saying that. Okay, boomers. What are you doing if you are flossing at a party? Larry, we're coming to you. Okay? Well, that's what I try to do once a day. I clean my teeth. Okay. That's, that's a great answer. That's, that's, oh, Marilyn, she got it. It is dancing. That is correct. Marilyn got it. Good job, guys. All right, All right. another question. In what movie would you hear the line, nobody puts baby in a corner? All right. Ooh. Someone's got to have it. We got to go to Aaliyah. She got to give her best answer. Go ahead to Aaliyah. Let's see what she says. I got nothing. That's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just. It's dirty dancing. That's what that's from. Okay. Boomers, what is a snap streak? Marilyn, we're coming back to you. What is a snap streak? I would say it would have something to do with a picture of some sort. Do you guys, do you guys think that's good? Do you think that's good or no? She needs more. Can you give us a little more detail? Uh, it's a picture that they, they put it on Facebook or something like that. You're, you're very close. You're like right on it. Okay, let's, let's show the answer. When two people send direct snaps to each other every day for a long period of time. The longer they do it, the longer the streak. So that is a snap streak. That was a good try, though. Okay, Zoomers, who was Mr. Ed? <laughs> okay, bad, come on. No, I have absolutely no give, give your best guess. I have no clue. I don't know. What would you say? We need a hint. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give him a hint. There you go. There you go. Is it a horse? Yes, it is a talking horse. Great job, Warren. A talking horse. All right, we got another one for the boomers here. What famous singer songwriter changed their genre from country to pop in 2014? Joe, it's you. Al Hurt. Al Hurt, is that the answer? I don't know who that is, but Al Hurt. No, it is Taylor Swift. Good guess, good guess. All right. Okay, Zoomers, what is a party line? <laughs> oh, Warren knows it, I guess. Like a conga line type of thing? A conga line? That makes sense. That's a good question. Guess, what is it? What's the answer? A phone line shared between multiple households, sometimes a dozen, each with their own distinct ring. All right. Cool. We got another question. Boomers, what is happening when two people are dapping? That's a good question. <laughs> is, is that your answer? All right. That's a good question. Is that what the answer is? They are greeting each other with slapping of hands and snapping. You want to try it? Let's do it. Wait, we snap, right? Oh, she didn't snap. That's okay. That should be dapped. All right, next one. Okay, Zoomers. What was the toy fad that marketed rocks and cardboard carriers? 
I say we give it to Aaliyah this time. Aaliyah, you want it? Maggie, horn. It is the the pet rock. Oh, pet Sorry. Rock. Over one million were sold. It was just a rock in a box. Let's do one last one. Oh, tiebreaker. In what generation is Chad a popular name? All right, so if you have a guess, first person to raise their hand and give an answer. Oh, Warren raised his hand. Let's see, what generation? 1990s, do you think it was 1990s? I guess that's, what is that, millennials? Millennials? Okay, let's say, let's say millennials. No Gen Xers, more Gen Xers are named Chad than Boomers or Zoomers. Gen Xers, we don't forget about you, we love you guys. So, uh, thank you guys. Give these contestants a round of applause. Give Claire a round of applause. They did a great job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they all won. Here, I'm gonna try this microphone again, see if it works. So good morning, everybody. I am Pastor Evan, and if you've noticed today, it is Youth Sunday, and if you see the shirts that are around, these are shirts that I've given to the youth leaders. They lead our youth because they love them so much, and they just love to see them grow. And today's sermon is all focused on our youth group. This is actually, and I haven't told our students yet this, so this is a reveal for everybody. This is actually our new mission statement as a youth group, equipping kingdom builders. That is what our heart is as a youth group. And so I want to give you a little context to that. If you know our church mission statement is creating kingdom culture. Basically what we want to do as a church is create an environment where the kingdom of God is known all over in, in our church family as we grow as a group and in our families at home and in our lives. We want a culture where the kingdom of God is grown. In our kids' church, it is creating kingdom kids. We want the kingdom of God to be known to our kids. But in our youth group, we want to equip kingdom builders. We want students to, to build the kingdom in their lives and know how to build the kingdom wherever they go. And so I looked, did research into the word kingdom, and basically whatever the kingdom is, it is wherever the Lord reigns. Wherever God is in control, wherever God is the top of our priorities. And so I want our students to be people who build the kingdom in their world. So before we get started, I, I love this game, but a couple of weeks ago I asked the students in small group, I asked them, if you could share anything with older generations, what would you want to share? And so the first one is, we want them to know what Riz is. So Riz means, and you, now you're, you're going to hear it, Riz them up, and you know, some of the younger guys are like, ah, ha, ha. Um, Riz means to be smooth talking with the opposite gender. So if he has Riz, that means he's really good at talking to the ladies. That's what Riz is. So now you know. Here's, here's another one that a student wrote. Uh, we want adults, older generations, to learn to play Smash Bros with us. That is another one that they wrote. Here's another one. Video games aren't just for kids. Another one said, girl, you slay. Another one said, boy, be kind. Another quote said, be patient with us. Another one said, we're still learning. Another one said, we know more than you think we know. Another one said, we're not all bad. 
Another one said, we have a lot of the same concerns, fears, and emotions as you. And I love this next one. We're proud of the things that the older generations have achieved. And last one, our voices matter too. I want to give our first point for today. Um, and if you're writing in your outline, you, you can write this down. One light can brighten up an entire room. One light can brighten up an entire room. When you walk into a dark room and, and you may not know where the light is, you might feel around the edges of the wall and get a light switch. And when you feel one light switch, what happens is that light comes on and you can see all of the parts of that room. You might turn on one lamp, it might be a little bit dark, but you can see around because that light brightens up the entire room. In John chapter 1, verse 4, it talks about Jesus and how him, him being the light of the world and how, how the world is, is going to be changed by Jesus. In, in John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So Jesus is a light that we have, and Jesus commands us in Matthew to, to be the light of the world, that, that we need to shine our light, not put it down, but, but show that light, and that light that comes from us is Jesus. And in verse 9 and 10, it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. One thing that I, I hear consistently, and, and, and I agree, I think what we see now in younger people and younger cultures and in the high schools, they're experiencing things that we couldn't even dream of experiencing when we were students. They're, they're facing this world and it seems so hard and it is hard to be a teenager in this world because the world is becoming a super dark place. We're, in, we're afraid to be influenced by the outside world because of the darkness that can be infiltrated. But I want to say there is hope for the next generation. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And where the light shines brightly, the darkness cannot come through. When you shine a light in a room, what happens is all of the room brightens and the darkness can no longer be there. And the times may get dark, but we can't underestimate the power of Jesus within a generation. And the fact that his light can shine through all of it. Because when we shine Jesus' light, people will be attracted to it and all around they come. In this room, if we have a light that is on one by itself and all the rest of them are dark, what will happen is this light will be shown. And that's what our students can do. And shine the light. And the book of Esther, what's happening is, is Esther was the queen that was without her control. She was made to be the queen of this kingdom. And, and there was an advisor to the king who wanted to kill all of the Jewish people. And Esther had a cousin that knew about this plot, and she encouraged Esther to tell the king. He was telling her to risk her life so that these people can be saved because she knew that if she went up to the king without permission, that she could be killed. And Mordecai said, I need you to go and talk about this generation. Talk about these people that need to be saved. In Esther chapter 4, verse 14, it says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I think what could be encouraging 
is instead of telling young people that this world is crazy and therefore we just should, should hide, but we should say, perhaps God created you for such a time as this. Perhaps he picked someone so strong who can stand up for the name of Jesus in this darkness that your light will shine and people will know about his name. Perhaps he picked some of these young people because he knew that he called some people to shine Jesus' light and not be able to deny him because they are so in love with him that this crazy world when the darkness is here, they shine their light. Were they created for such a time as this? I'll tell you what, as I, as I talk to these students and as I, 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 I hear their stories, I feel like God has picked them for such a time as this and we encourage them to shine their light. The next point I want to give you is the body of Christ is all generations. The body of Christ is all generations. I love the thought of investing in the next generation. I love it. But it almost seems like a double-edged sword because as much as I want to invest in the next generation, I also want to admit that this generation, the younger generation, is already a part of the body of Christ and they're already doing ministry. I, I don't know if you already saw, but, but Claire was up here doing, hosting this game with me. Love all led in worship. Hayden Anderson is actually up in the sound booth right now. Zach Fisher is running, running the stream. Nolan and Liam Carey have helped with so many outreaches, and they're helping with the, the Operation Christmas Child. Students have been greeting this morning, and I, I can't even tell you about the amount of students that help make VBS happen. Emma and Rebecca Starrett, they help in kids' ministry. Jocelyn Holman almost every week is in the nursery loving on those children. I want to tell you that if the younger generation was not here on a Sunday, our church would be struggling because they are part of this church and they're part of the body of Christ. They are here and they are doing so many amazing things. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is the spiritual father to, to Timothy, and he's encouraging him in his ministry. And, and this verse just shows what that looks like. And so in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. See, young people, they have a chance to be leaders in the church. They have a chance to be leaders in our life. They have something to give. And I feel so sorry for, for, for myself when, when there's moments when I think, you have so much to learn. What can you get, give to me when there's so many things that they have to give? Do they have a lot to learn? Yes. But so do I. But never neglect the things that you can learn from a younger person because of their age. But the verse also gives another point of view, and it says, set an example for the other believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. See, young people, if we don't set an example with the way that we act, if we're, we're speaking out of hate and not of love, when, when we're saying things around people that, that, that are not good, when we're, we're giving up too easily and we're not living in faith of God, and if we're not living a pure life, and it's easy for people to look at us and say, okay, you need to get some stuff right. 
The disclaimer that I want to share is they will mess up. But it's a matter of pouring into young people despite their mess ups. It's okay not to be perfect at everything for the first time, and no one should feel pressured to because we've been in the same boat, we've tried something for the first time, and we've not been perfect. But we got to give them a chance. The last point I want to give you this morning is pass the baton well. When I was in college, I was, I was part of this class, and, and there was a lot of people speaking into our, our class, and they said, you guys could be great leaders. You could be, be ministers of the gospel and just share God with the whole world. We thought we were world changers in that class. But one thing that we had the responsibility to do was invest in the classes after us. And I know in my mind, I was thinking, we're, we're, we're too good. I mean, there's no way that these guys can, can, can become like us. But then my best friend at the college said this one statement that I never forgot. He said, let's make them better than we ever were. And that hit me. I said, what if our focus was that? What if we had our blessings here, but then we saw our mistakes and we said, I don't want you to make the same mistakes as me. I want you to, to, to be better off and be more than who I am, be better than the life I had. What if we had that focus on the younger generation, say, let's make them better than we ever were? What if we help them not make the same mistakes as us? How, how about we help them not take for granted the blessings that God has given to them? And how about we help them focus on the things of God because that's the most important thing in our life. And I, I, I know some of us might be thinking this, I can think it too. Young people don't listen. There's going to be those who refuse to, to hear the things that you have to say because they think they might know better. And I'll tell you, if, if in youth ministry, I just got discouraged every single time a student didn't do what I asked them to do, I would have been out of a job in a year. We invest in young people and we get so disappointed when someone makes a decision that completely changes the trajectory of their life and you think you could have been so much more we get disappointed and our hearts break because what, what is this work that I'm doing? What does it even come to? But I want to tell you this. There could be one. There could be one that hears what you have to say. There could be one that hears a line in one of my sermons. And, and because of that, it spirals and God does something amazing in their life. I show up in their life a certain way. We show up in their life a certain way and their lives are changed. And that's the one thing that makes me know that it is completely worth it. Investing in a young person so that their lives can be known, so that they are equipped for the ministry that God has for them, so that they are better than I ever was. That's what makes it worth it. What I see in our youth group and in VFC student ministries is there are some students that are hungry for God. And if we invest in them and we invest in, in the students in this community and see their gifts and, and help them grow and know God is their savior and know that he deserves the glory, what impact could our young people make to our world? And that's what our job is, to equip kingdom builders. In Psalm chapter 78, 
there's a, a great verse because he's, he's talking about the Israelites investing in the younger people of that era. He's saying we, we, need, we need them to know the things of God because we want the generations to know. We want the next generation to know. And so in Psalm 78 verse 4, it says we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. The, the generations before us invested in us, therefore we should share that as well. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Love all, if you guys could come on back up. What this verse is saying is, it's not simply about the next generation, but it's about knowing that this generation knows a God that loves him, so that generations after, the generations after we've long passed, may know the glory of God and that he is powerful in them. See, the world is a dark, dark place. But I still have hope because I know that Jesus' light is way brighter than any darkness that this world has. I know that the body of Christ is all generations because look at this. <laughs> They're leading us in worship because they love God so much. And let's pass this baton so that the younger people can be equipped to build the kingdom and let the rule of God in every place in their life. So I don't know if you're excited, but we've got kingdom builders. Let's equip them as best as we possibly can.